Welcome to the Collective West podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to supporting young people in Melbourne's West. My name is Julia. And I'm Michael. In this episode of the podcast, we dive into the topic of hobbies and habits, how we've cultivated them, why we do them, and what enjoyment we get out of them. I don't know why I'm so nervous to do this. What? Do you feel it? What? Do you feel my nervousness? Of this podcast? Yeah, I don't know why. I'm so nervous. I've done it in person for a while. Warm up to it. I don't know. Just That's why we're just having a conversation. I know, but it's, it's, it's odd how nervous you get before it. Do you okay. ever get nervous? A little bit. But I think when we do talk, it's all it's topics that we find interesting anyway. It it's is, not like I do find it interesting. You know, we're talking about shit that we don't like. Yeah. That becomes that becomes work. That's tedious, yeah. See? I've learned a lot about you through this. Really? Yeah. Especially when I really <laughs> listen to it. I'm like, oh I didn't know that about Julia. Is this a good thing? Or a bad how, thing? <laughs> how often do you actually just sit down with someone and talk? Talk, yeah, that's for true. like half an hour to an hour. Yeah. About random about, shit. Yeah. Just stupid stuff. I like it there's no camera by the way. Oh yeah. Because I can just be really relaxed. Yeah. With the camera, I felt like I had to... <laughs> I had to and then I'm, I'm, I'm conscious about what I look like. And yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, what does I sound like? Yeah. I, I, I tell people when I um, practice with them, because, you know, we coach people over talking on cameras and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I have a resting bitch face. And I, I, I know that. And it's like, you become so aware in meetings to make sure that you don't. Yeah, you're smiling. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about it? Let's talk about it. So what are we talking about? Hobbies and habits. habits. I think we need to start by defining hobbies and habits, considering the fact that when we decided on this topic, I had to actually Google it. <laughs> I think, well, for me, I think like any hobby, well, let's start with habits. Okay. I think any habit is just something you do repeatedly mm. over a long period of time, mm-hmm. both good or bad. Yeah. That's how I would define a habit. Yeah. And I think we're talking about this before. It's like a habit gets established whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. So if you you can be consciously establishing habits, which are usually good habits, yeah. or you could be unconsciously falling into bad habits and not really be intentional with it. But either way, it still it's becomes a habit. habit. You've done a better job than Google. <laughs> I've actually done a lot of reading right. on, on habits itself. Because I think it's fascinating. Oh yeah, true. Yes, yes. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Like as a part of human behavior... I think we, we are animals of habit. As part of that, I think we're pretty predictable as humans about which habits we establish and which habits are harder to establish. I think for me, a hobby is something that I would do just for the sake of doing it. So it wouldn't necessarily be something that gives me more money or makes me money, but mm-hmm. it's something that I derive intrinsic pleasure from. Because mm-hmm. if, if I didn't derive any intrinsic pleasure from it, it would just be work. And worse than that, it would be unpaid work. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not getting, usually not getting paid for okay. this hobby. Yeah. All right. There's a, there needs to be a sense of enjoyment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like you are willingly taking on a struggle of some sort mm. and that struggle is pleasurable to you. Is mm. essentially what a hobby is. Mm. Like mm. talking about it in a very weird distilled way. That's what a hobby is. And people can get it artificially through video games. Yeah, right. That's all what video games are premised on. It's like you have a story, the character has some challenges that it has to face and you have to systematically go through them. Mm-hmm. And people derive some sort of pleasure from that. Mm. Same with gardening, yeah. seeing something grow. What happens? Um, it's problem like, solving. Like watching Netflix. Would that be a hobby? But I don't see the struggle in that though. <laughs> well, I mean, I it, a lot of it depends what you're watching. Yeah, right. If you're watching a TV series, okay. well, you're trying to live through the characters. 
Okay, interesting. Wow. But you derive, you derive some sort of pleasure from watching it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. The, the task itself might be like easy to do mm-hmm. or might be passive in terms of like you're not actively moving, but you are actively engaging in the story of the characters and the story of the plot. Mm-hmm. So I would still order the story of the movie. Wow. <laughs> so that's how I would define a <laughs> Yeah. Lucky no one's seeing the way I'm looking at you right now. Because you sound <laughs> like a total nerd. It's just like, whoa. Okay. So now that we know what the difference between hobbies and habits are, what would you say are some of your... Let's start. Shall we start with habits? Let's start with habits. Start with habits. Okay. Well, what are some of your habits? So the biggest one, which you're laughing right now, would probably be <laughs> my reading habits. Yep. So I've been a big reader for the last couple of years Mm -hmm. um, and I've been really purposeful with cultivating that habit of reading. And this is where the line gets sort of blurred between my habits and my hobbies because intrinsically I also enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. Like I can read a book and not really have any utility for it outside of just reading it because it's interesting. But at the same time, there are books that I do read that serve some sort of instrumental purpose. Like I'm reading this book to solve a particular problem Mm. or to understand a particular issue. My reading sort of falls in sort of two buckets of hobbies and a habit. Books that I read specifically to solve a particular problem could be books that are poorly written or very dry, but they serve a particular purpose. Yeah. So I'm not reading it for the experience. I'm reading it for its utility. And there are books where they're really well written, but there are not many applicable things I could use aside from just saying that was a really well-written book. You know, I would classify fiction books. Not all fiction books, but that's how I would distinguish my reading into those two things. But I have been really, really intentional with building up that habit. And do you want to go into the science of it? Go for it. I think you need to, like, let the audience know how many books you read on average because some people take reading very lightly, but your reading is like a book a week, isn't it? Yeah. Not even. Yeah, it's about a book a week. I yeah. mean, in lockdown, I have more time. So I've just been um, <laughs> Binging reading books. way more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How I cultivate any habit mm. is through forming a system for it. Mm. And every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets mm. just by its definition. So if you've got poor systems, you'll have poor habits and mm-hmm. then you won't achieve any goal that you have. So there's a really good book on, I mean, there's many great books on forming habits, but there's one really great one by James Clear called Atomic Habits. I've recommended this to you and, and to Victor to read. Yes. But, you know, in, in the book, he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Mm. So goals in this book, he says, are necessary, but they're not sufficient. Mm-hmm. And what you need is a system of habits to be able to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And there are sort of four levers that he says you can push to be able to establish any good one mm-hmm. and break any bad habit. And we can go into them. So that to establish a good habit, he says you should make it obvious. So that just means how you structure when and where you do your, your habit. So mm-hmm. for me, like reading, for instance, I would try and do it the first thing. I, when I wake up, I'll read straight away. Mm-hmm. So whatever time of the day, the first hour of the day is dedicated to me reading. So then I know no matter what happens during during the day, I'm gonna read for an hour minimum. And then I can, you know, fit it in across different areas. The second one is making reading attractive. So mm-hmm. it's just all about incentives. So for me, I won't read a book that I don't want to read unless mm-hmm. it serves some sort of purpose or I genuinely just are curious about the subject. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about incentives. For some people it's like making reading social. So if they have a book club, yeah, if they're yeah. accountable to it. Yeah. Um, or if they go to a cafe, that's yeah. how they make reading attractive to them. The next one is making it easy. So just reducing the number of barriers or friction associated with the task. So for me, I would 
bring a book wherever I went so that whenever I find myself in waiting rooms or when I was working in the city on public transport mm -hmm. I would just read the book there was very little barriers from me picking up the book and reading it yeah so I just have it with me all the time the last one is making it satisfying it's like how do you trigger the reward systems that yeah. humans have like that dopamine mm. dopamine rush so I would set daily goals which is about 30 to 40 pages per day yeah. minimum it's what I would read wow <laughs> so all, all these are focused yeah. so all of them are all those four things are process <clears throat> goals rather than outcome goals mm -hmm. and the difference between the two is process goals brings the reward closer and your identity is formed when you do the habit rather than when you achieve the goal all the way at the end yeah interesting so yeah. you know if you break the 52 books a year for instance which is one of the goals I had, the habit that I was trying to establish was just read a book a week. So every week I was getting feedback. Mm -hmm. Every day, actually, I was getting feedback because I was looking at reading only 30 to 40 pages. Mm -hmm. So I broke this really big goal into really small, discrete habits. Mm -hmm. And then you can just do the reverse if you're trying to break a bad habit. So if you want to just say, stop smoking, instead of making it obvious, you make it invisible. So instead of putting your pack of smokes on the table and you're constantly cued to see it, you take it away. You, you put it in your desk or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. same thing with just say watching TV. If you want to watch yeah. less TV, you know, rearrange the structure of your living yeah. room. Yeah. Every living room is designed to watch TV or the couches face that way. TV is really big, remote's on the table. So to make that invisible. You need to hide my snacks. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. If you, if you want to eat less, you hide your snacks. Yeah. Or you place, you place like the availability of fruit or good <laughs> snacks more visible. Yeah, got it. And then... The bad ones, you, you try to hide away. Yeah, I need to clean my cupboard. Yeah, and then you just go through, like, instead of making it attractive, you make mm. it unattractive. So yeah. you could put, you know, um, a letter to yourself in front of the snacks. Yeah. <laughs> saying, you know, you're going to feel terrible, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of making it easy, you make it difficult. Yeah. And then you just keep going. Yeah. Instead of making Interesting. it as satisfying, you make it unsatisfying. I've never considered habits to that length. It's quite formulaic. Yeah. And scientific. Yeah, yeah. For me, it makes it more accessible. Mm. Why reading? Like, was there a moment in your life growing up where you're like, I actually really enjoy words and, and so you picked up reading more? I think I've always been a reader. And I always like to say when I was in school, I was mm. a shit student, but a good learner. So I would read books, but I wouldn't necessarily apply it to school. I'll just follow sort of my own curiosity. So I've always read a number of books and I've always been interested, like you said, with, with words and how you convey a story. But it's something that... I consider a, ho a hobby at the same time as I do a habit because I do derive some sort of intrinsic pleasure from it. Really interesting. <laughs> and it's just great that it's a good habit. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and then I've just been really, really intentional with cultivating that good habit. Wow. Now that you've just given that <laughs> show, I'm like, what's my habit? <laughs> Well, what are some things you do? You think you do every day? Well, I think you've identified it for me, like drinking coffee in the morning. It's a lot more, I like, my habits are so much more... <laughs> simplified and less in depth than yours but i definitely think you know there's obviously the the simple things like getting dressed and drinking coffee but i always check my emails i like to feel organized in my day okay so yeah. the minute i know this is, you know it's controversial because some people are like you shouldn't wake up and look at your phone but i do and i don't look at social media necessarily i always check my emails mm. and i check my calendar and i like to always set my day up so that i feel really organized in the morning and, you know, I know exactly when I get out of bed, I'm already formulating what I need to do 
next before I start work if you like you know I'll go to the shower and I'm I'm already thinking about okay who am I meeting today what are my tasks and I kind of like pre-plan my morning Mm. in the morning (laughs) and then yeah when I get to work or in this case get to my table in my lounge room now I already know exactly what I'm going to do and I feel really organized about it and that's I guess that's a habit for me right that's a productivity habit yeah yeah Yeah, so that that's definitely one thing that I do have there been any habits that you wanted to establish or cultivate? I mean, we talk about this a lot, like obviously getting fit. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and exactly what you were saying about finding pleasure out of it, like I don't find it interesting <laughs> at all to even consider remotely getting my ass in the car to go to the gym. So exercising has been definitely a challenge. And I think even like I, before COVID, I feel like, the habit of walking I was really good yeah, at yeah. because I don't like to walk without a purpose. So I was able to walk a lot to my meetings. Yeah, so you're in the city. Yeah, because yeah. I was, you know, in the city and, you know, I used to walk from like North Melbourne to Melbourne Central or whatever in, into the city if I wanted to and that's 20, 30 minutes or whatever. But it was good because I felt like I was getting my walking in but I was going with an end goal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely been more challenging now that we're all at home and stuck indoors and even though we're allowed to get outside to exercise, I find that really hard hard for me to even though I'm like let's just walk around the block because it's sunny but even that it's like oh I could do something else you know <laughs> well why, why don't you do something else while you do it oh uh, it's just I don't know it's I, there's no appeal for me now to get out of the house and walk around the block yeah it's bizarre to say out loud but I find that's a struggle yeah yeah because one of the easiest way to build a habit is to mm. stack it with another one so just say you've got a team phone call where you don't need to be on your computer you can take it while you walk that's that is true that's something i'm going to try to do more because i was talking to someone else about doing walking meetings because mm. i think that's pretty refreshing and it'll be nice to kind of get out of the house so i yeah. should try that more yeah. but i've been walking to the supermarket so okay. that takes victor and i about 30 40 minutes depending which path we take to the local supermarket. So we try to do that. <laughs> so go back to something you, you said before where you said mm. you are a very purposeful person. Mm. This is why I find it surprising that mm. you haven't, or at least you haven't made the connection to that purposefulness to your habits. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. And I want to just yeah. interrogate you. It's so, it's, it's, well, it's interesting because I think since us establishing this topic for this particular episode, <laughs> I've been struggling with identifying what are my hobbies and habits and it's bizarre like you know Mm. even late last night I had to ask my other half and I was like what are my hobbies and habits (laughs) because I'm like I actually uh, yeah it is a little (laughs) bit sad because I'm like oh I actually don't know well let's go into work then yeah like what what within work gives you a lot of but Pleasure. yeah, so this is like late when late last night when I was like, oh my god, we've got to think about this. I think I realized that my hobby is to work, yeah, and I actually find it really enjoying. Mm-hmm. And I don't find it work work. You mm-hmm. know, I don't find like I have to do it because you know it's the mm-hmm. thing that's paying me. If you like, yeah. even in my downtime, if you like, if it's outside of work hours, I still like to invest a lot of my free time, if you like, instead of reading or exercising, researching about other ways of growing my business. And I think that's 
probably the nature of it is because it is my own little business that makes me feel like I can keep adding value to it. And I really like doing the research. I really like looking at other companies, how they're doing it. And um, there's always small things and there's always small tasks that I've always been dying to do. When I do have downtime, I like to work on it. It's become really apparent to me when I've been thinking about this particular topic. Hobbies and habits is like my business is my hobby. What it sounds like is you get like you get really good feedback for every action you put in. You get almost immediate feedback and impact on something that means a lot to you. I would also claim that I would view my job as almost like a hobby because I would do that for free in some ways. Like I read books about policy. Yeah. Which which normal human being does that? Yeah, definitely. I'm reading a book right now about you know the UK's government's policy team yeah and how they established it across the 90s and early 2000s like if i didn't like doing that then Mm. i wouldn't see my job as also a hobby and at the same time it also gives me a salary and stuff like that that's true and that's the thing i was like thinking about it really hard i was like okay what do you do like people always ask me this question what do you do for fun julia (laughs) and i'm always like i watch netflix Mm -hmm. (laughs) but most of the time and unless you're really close to me you'd know this like I would have Netflix on, but I still have my computer on at mm. the same time. And I'd be multitasking through that shit, you know? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, working on a website, looking at our social plan, preparing for, you know, the, the next week ahead or looking at events, trends and business plans and stuff like that. So I'm constantly on a roll. And, you know, and, and then for a long time as well, I feel like because people kept asking me, what, what do you do for fun? What do you do for fun? And my answer was the fact that I work. Yeah. I started feeling bad that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm sort of realizing, especially through COVID, that do you know what? It's just me and I like what I do. Mm. And therefore I shouldn't feel guilty about working more than the normal working yeah. hours because I like it. And it's not like it's stressing me out or anything like that. I've always wondered, is it a thing that I'm weird? Yeah. That I get this type of... <laughs> yeah, that I get this feedback with yeah. from what I do, mm. which is a, obviously a, a fantastic position to be in. I wonder if it's something that has a society we just compartmentalize work as work and enjoyment has enjoyment and hobbies as hobbies. Those three domains or two domains usually don't cross over to each other. Yeah. So if it's work, you're not supposed to do that for enjoyment. And if it's yeah. enjoyment, it's not meant to be work. Yeah, totally. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think over the over time, with people constantly asking you and, and like looking at you weird, it was like, Michael, why are you reading the book? <laughs> That, you know, you feel like you shouldn't be doing this or that, you know, you're overworking yourself or whatever. But I think the reality is, like you said, hobbies are meant to be things that you enjoy. And for me, it's investing my time in work. I mean, I do have like probably other things such as shopping. Mm -hmm. That was one thing that Victor, my husband, identified. He's like, probably one of your hobbies (laughs) is to shop. Shop. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, I do like shopping. What what do you like shopping for? Anything, (laughs) really. Anything. It depends. My mood swings like North and South Pole kind of. It's crazy. I could, I like, yeah. I like to shop about for, you know, home stuff, clothing, luxury goods. I would say that's my hobby. Yeah. A period of time people would be like, shopping is a bad thing. Like, why are you shopping? Because bad habit mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as long as you don't spend over your budget and you're selling your house to shop, I think shopping is an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And for me, it's like I've learned when it comes to shopping and lifestyle and what you eat and what you wear and the car you drive and stuff like that. It's it's a lifestyle that you choose, that you want to live in that particular way. And so instead of thinking about how you could save money to achieve that, you should think about what are the ways to earn money to mm. allow you to live that lifestyle. Mm. And that's how I've changed my thinking over the past 
couple of years. For us, it's like we shouldn't feel ashamed that we want to eat out more often Mm. (laughs) or that we want to have a nice car or we want to wear a nice jacket or, you know, spending money on a new laptop, especially because of my upbringing as well. You know, this mentality of you should always save. And then I've I've realized that, you know what, I work really hard for what I earn. And so if I want to spend the money as long as I'm working to make sure that I have the money to spend, I'm allowed to. I think that's, I don't know, that's a, no, that's a really interesting point. It's like bringing the lifestyle that you want at the end and having elements of it right now. Yeah, yeah. So you can at least have some sort of enjoyment of your life yeah. rather than constantly delaying it, constantly delaying it. Exactly. There's a really good podcast by Tim Ferriss and Peter Malouk, who's mm. a financial advisor, very famous. He works with Tony Robbins, co-wrote the book Unshakable. And what he was saying is that biggest regrets, regrets most of his clients have, and these people are like millionaires, mm-hmm. tens of millions, hundreds of millions, some of actually billionaires as well. The mm-hmm. biggest regret that he sees and the common pattern is they've saved all their life, created businesses, they've you know scrimped and scrapped and made sure they didn't spend too much on certain things yeah and they said i'll enjoy it in retirement yeah but they can't actually switch that off once yeah. they've lived their whole life yeah. in that mentality they can't switch it yeah. off and then they die yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that sounds really sad <laughs> yeah no, that sounds yeah. really sad but yeah. it's like yeah they die and yeah then they never enjoyed it and yeah. there was a case where this um this man first day of retirement mm-hmm. he had a heart attack and died and wow. his wife was clearing out his stuff and found a bucket list of all these countries, mm. all these things they wanted to enjoy mm-hmm. with yeah. his wife that they never got to do. He robbed her of that as well. And she told him, you know, I wish he told me about all these dreams so we could at least enjoy it. Maybe not do the, all those countries, but do one of those countries yeah. or yeah. slowly, you know, buy that car that like they wanted. Yeah. But it's coming back to what you said before about really rejigging that equation to mm. have thinking about the lifestyle you want in the future and mm-hmm. then having bits of it or designing your lifestyle now to have that and it's not about overspending or overconsumption, but actually being really conscious about your decisions and purposefulness yeah which is why coming back to that original point is <laughs> you're so purposeful with the design of your life i find it oh, really wow. surprising <laughs> that, yeah. yeah not to grill you on it but yeah. i find it so surprising that you just you're not really intentional yeah or aware like you said you kept asking oh what hobbies and habits do i have yeah <laughs> has it been has it been weird reflecting on you? Yeah, it has been. Is it's it one weird. of the first times that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even recording this now, I'm like, this is bizarre to think of it that way. And it's yeah, you know, having that conversation last night and just trying to plan <laughs> has definitely opened up a lot of things. So I was like, oh, that's a good point. But I I totally agree about the whole lifestyle living, which I think hobbies fall into that kind of lifestyle factor a lot you know like my mum worked really hard or she's still working really hard and I see that in her you Mm. know she's worked really really hard because she didn't have those opportunities to do what she wants to do Mm -hmm. and even now where we're all you know the kids have grown up and and it's probably similar with your family as well you know everyone's off doing their own thing she still feels the need to kind of look after herself and look after us but doesn't look after herself and and find things that she enjoys and I think that's why you know, for my own lifestyle, I'm kind of like, if I like certain things <laughs> and I can afford it, I will go and buy it, yeah. you know? And that's where I think my shopping, shopping hobbies um, sort of comes in. And it's, yeah, like changing that mentality of needing to save for that item, but rather finding ways to earn money so that I could afford that item. Yeah. When do you think you, you knew you had that sort of mindset? 
Because that's a very, it's not a very normal thing to, to have. Yeah. Uh, it's, a lot of people have what you said before is like save for that item mm. instead of designing your life. So you're able to have those things. Yeah. It's been a couple of years now, to be honest. I think it's since like we decided to get married. Mm-hmm. And that mentality of... We, not me and you. It's you, <laughs> you and Victor decided to get married. Yes, yes. <laughs> me and Victor. Just to clarify. <laughs> Yeah, me and Victor decided to get married because at that time I was fresh out of uni. Yeah. I did save up a lot of, you know, I did save, I mean, I don't even know why I'm a bit shy to say, I did save up a lot of money. Through university, I worked really hard and I saved up a lump sum. And it was this reality of going, do I want a really nice wedding, uh, which is once in a lifetime, yada, 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 or do I save and skip out on the, nice wedding and just do something small and simple and reinvest the money elsewhere or whatever and then it was that reality for me of going I want that nice wedding and I'm young I will I will continue to work to earn the other bits that I'll need later on and so we we had a really nice wedding it was bloody expensive mm-hmm. and then we moved into our house and it, then it became you know apparent that I was working like ridiculous hours and whatever and I was earning my income but there were certain things that I would want in my life like you know a nice car to drive new laptops to use uh, I want to go on mini holidays yeah. and things like that and I think having these conversations really openly with Victor we were always like you know what if we can't afford it let's just do it and enjoy it because mm when are we going to be able to do it? And exactly. it just became a culture thing that we've been able to kind of bounce off each other and slowly and surely kind of built that routine into our lifestyle. And even when we have our ups and downs, like he left his corporate job um, to join JT, that was a huge, you know, financial, if we're talking financial, it was a huge financial shift mm. because... <laughs> You're now his boss, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With, you know, like hardly any pay comparison. <laughs> And that was a huge financial shift. And it was like, you know, my mum would be like to us, okay, now you should save, mm, right? Yeah. Julie and Victor, you guys are in business together. You should have backup plans of backup plans of backup plans. Mm. And, you know, you got to make sure you can pay the mortgage and pay the bills. And we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we got this, don't worry. But then it became really apparent to that me and Victor, we were like, you know, while we're young, we don't want to... We, we want to save, but we don't want to get to the point where we're not allowed to eat out. We have to put ourselves in this lifestyle that we weren't happy with in order to save. And it's like, what are we saving for? Mm. It's for our life anyway. So yeah. may as well enjoy it while we can now. Yeah. It works for us. Yeah. <laughs> Our parents had a very specific mentality. And I think it served them. In fact, probably kept them safe in that particular time of the world. Especially my parents growing up, they grew up in Singapore but not the Singapore that we know today mm. you know the first world you know high tech mm. ultra clean city yeah, yeah. that we see it is today they grew up in a very poor version mm. of Singapore when it was like the like a backwater swamp of Malaysia really yeah. and in that period that was their reality mm-hmm. but i think for our generation at least it's very very different like we can have things that or can do things that just previously weren't like wasn't available to them and obviously that's the benefit of the internet and digital communication tools and stuff just getting cheaper now i'm reflecting on it yeah (laughs) you got me reflecting (laughs) so aside from reading what's another hobby of yours that i mean i know i feel like i know you quite well now too but Mm. like what's another hobby or habit another hobby or habit 
I can probably guess one. A lot of my habits, <laughs> unsurprisingly, have to do with learning. Like you said, I've been, I thought about what, at the end of my life, what sort of lifestyle do I want to be living? And I constantly want to be learning. Mm. Even when I'm 40, when I'm 50, when I'm 60 or 70, I want to be learning. Mm-hmm. But why does that life motto have to happen when I'm 40 or 50? Why can't I just start, conti- continually keep doing the learning process mm. now and just do it forever? And it was a question of what are the things in my life that I don't mind doing forever? And reading was one of them. Just learning generally was one of them. And that might change in the future. But for now, this is something I can genuinely see myself doing forever. Yeah. So a lot of my my habits have been geared towards, I would say two big things, which yeah. is either learning mm-hmm. or mindfulness. Mm. So we've sort of covered off the learning, but the mindfulness stuff is, you know, it's in vogue right now, but meditation, big Yeah habit that I've been really conscious in cultivating over the last sort of two years and why I got into meditation is the big cause of it was actually going through a breakup and having these thoughts these feelings these mindsets that I just were completely foreign to me and Mm -hmm. I did not understand them Mm -hmm. so not understanding that I couldn't I couldn't respond to them I couldn't Mm. get out of them and for me this was like this was world shattering this is like oh my god I've never felt this way before I thought I was a very emotionally intelligent person and I knew myself really well yeah but put into this um, situation of adversity, I really didn't yeah. know how to get out of this. In yeah, terms yeah, of this right. mindset. And that's where I started looking at mindfulness and meditation. And thankfully, I'm growing up in a period of the world where this is, you know, there's a lot of research on mm-hmm. it and there's a lot of resources on yeah. it. Like you can get meditation apps on your phone. <laughs> there's about five you can get for free. Yeah. So you could try it. But the best form of meditation that I've found is literally just sitting there mm-hmm. and just witnessing everything. I'm, uh, I look at my life like a disinterested third party. Wow. So I just sit there and be like, yeah. okay, what's what's happening? And nothing sticks on me. It's just like, okay, well, that happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great, but that's now moved on. So I just witness events or things that happen in, during yeah. my day. So how um, often do you meditate? Uh, every day. Every day. I try and do it every day. Different types for different times of the day. Oh, okay. So in the morning, you know, you, I, ca- I cast all of this into a bunch of just mindfulness. Yeah. So it'd be in the morning, it's like a mixture of meditation, just, just witnessing, mm-hmm. um, a mixture of visualization. Mm-hmm. So just visualizing what would a success- successful day look like for me. And also, this is going to sound weird, affirmations. <laughs> just giving myself a, my own positive intent. Yeah. And all of these nice. things, you know, can get bit woo-woo and you know um highfalutin a little bit but um i'm a person that's i like to call myself an idea agnostic so Mm -hmm. i don't care where the idea or practice comes from Mm -hmm. it could come from a religion it could come from wherever if it works it works i don't care where it comes from Mm -hmm. so i've experimented with this mindfulness stuff and it's worked for me so i keep doing it Mm. but i don't care where it comes from where i think people get wrapped up in where things or ideas come from and they don't try it for that very reason so right. I have a lot of friends not try mindfulness because they think it's a Buddhist religion right. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, devout Catholics or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's just like, I don't care where it comes from. It helps me. And why deny something just because of its source? Like yeah. we're living in a time where we can literally get all the information the world has had on our iPhone. Why why not try it is my, is my motto. So yeah, mindfulness has been a big, big thing that I've tried That's to cultivate. Cool. It's been really yeah. odd. There's different techniques you can use. Mm-hmm. So for me, one that works really well, and I've told a few people about this, is at the end of every day, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff has happened mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of different domains of my life. Mm-hmm. So I would, you're going to find this funny, I would run what I call board meetings. But each person in that board meeting is a diff- represents a different domain of my life. Right. So there'll be work, Michael. There'll be relationship, Michael. <laughs> 
there would be um, Hobby Michael. Right. And I'm the chairman mm-hmm. and the CEO and, and the president of, of this board. Yes. This imaginary board of Michael Incorporated. <laughs> and I love this. Every night we meet, I let everyone speak. Everyone gets a turn to speak. Wow. No matter how crazy it is. Because every thought is not bad. Every thought has its purpose. And if you don't acknowledge your thoughts, they don't go away. They just metastasize into other things in your life. They just transform and get worse. So yeah. it's better to acknowledge it there at its source and resolve it than ignore it. So whichever Michael has more things to say, they go first. You know, I could have had a stressful day at work. Work Michael say, I'm saying, you know, we're stressed about these things. And we're worried about this project because X, Y, and Z. And then in my mind, I would say, thank you, work Michael. <laughs> wow. For keeping me safe yeah and keeping me in a job i appreciate the job that you do and then yeah. it just keeps going around right until it's resolved in my mind how and interesting i just go to bed after that it's a, it's a i think it's a form of hypnosis they call it so you literally lie in bed and you think about i'm not lying yeah. in bed i'll probably just be sitting up close my eyes and just, I just and think, then you just visualize, I just visualize a boardroom yep how interesting it, it's it's a bizarre wow. example but it's that is bizarre yeah, it's just, but it's fascinating it works so yep I just think, why not? I'm going to try that. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it. The great thing about it, the great thing with any habit is you can mm. just try it for two minutes. This doesn't have to be a thing where it's like an hour or nothing, which I think a lot of people get caught up in. It's like, if you don't meditate for an hour, then don't, don't bother with meditating yeah. at all, yeah. which is, yeah. that's so silly. So any habit that you want to cultivate, which is going back to James Clear's book, is you, you can just minimize it down to two minutes. So going back to the principle of making it easy, minimize that habit down to the smallest possible form and just try it. So I would say just try witnessing or having that board meeting for two minutes. Everyone gets 20 seconds to speak. And if, if, they, if you want to go longer, go longer. If you don't, just cut it short. And that's how I've approached any habit that I want to cultivate or establish. It's just minimizing it to two minutes. This year was like writing, for instance. Mm-hmm. I found writing to be, I felt really self-conscious, really uncomfortable writing for whatever reason. But how I got over that was I would only do it for a minimum of two minutes every day. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. So one day I might get two minutes of great writing. Next day I might get two minutes of shit writing, but it doesn't matter. I've gotten two minutes of writing. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and to end this, yeah. the, a great quote by James Clear is like, yeah. you know, a habit needs to be established before it can be improved. Mm. So you need to have a habit first before you can either add more time, intensity or frequency. Or reduce it if it's a bad habit. Or reduce habit. it, yeah. Yeah. So try just reducing it for two minutes. So watch two minutes less of Netflix. Watch two minutes... Yeah have two minutes less of snacking and then put it away or you can go the other way have two minutes of snacking and that's all you can do you can only binge for two minutes a day and you put it away so you're not denying yourself that you're yeah. just minimizing it to a point and then you, next day or next week you go a minute and a half and then you get to a point where you're only eating one chip yeah right so you're yeah. not denying yourself that yeah, yeah. satisfaction so you're yeah. using the same things that addict you to those yeah. things against itself just the opposite direction how interesting. It's fascinating. This is why I find behavioral science just absolutely fascinating. Definitely. And I think it's so interesting that we've had this conversation. I feel like hobbies and habits have a huge blur. <laughs> yeah. In between the two. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just think it's um they're probably it's probably good to have that blur. And that brings us to the end of episode five of the Collective West podcast. Speaking to Julia after we recorded this episode, we both agreed that this is probably the most fun we've had in a podcast episode. And we wanted to really extend the invitation to really drop in any suggestions you might have for any episodes, topics, or ideas that you want us to discuss on future podcasts. We really enjoyed the feedback and all the comments we had and the constructive criticism we received for our first four episodes. It really helps us to improve the quality, the value, and the production process that we go through. So thank you to everyone, all our early supporters. 
all our early critics for being able to give some honest and raw feedback that really helps us to improve what we do here in this podcast. A real takeaway that I wanted to have from this episode is to challenge our listeners to think of a habit that they want to establish and using some of the things we talked about in this episode, such as making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy and making it satisfying. What habits can you establish uh, for yourself for the remainder of this year? We know that we've gone through a really tough period with additional lockdowns in Melbourne, but this is a period of time where you've got a really unique opportunity to have additional time to focus on some goals and habits that you might otherwise not get the chance to do when we return to so-called normal life. So whether it's to read more books, to write more articles, or to cultivate more meaningful relationships, I want you to think of something that you can do, a goal that you can achieve through a system of habits. One of the things that we found really effective was to do it with a friend. So make it really social. Challenge your group of friends to come up with a habit that you all want to cultivate so you can keep each other accountable while also having a lot of fun while doing it. If you want to find out more about what we do at Collective West, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at underscore Collective West. You can also find us on our website, which is www.collectivewest.com.au. Feel free to drop us an email at collectivewest at gmail.com. If you got a lot of value out of this podcast, I would really encourage you to rate, share, and subscribe. We really value everyone who listens to us and all our supporters. For now, though, take care, and we'll see you at the next episode.